0: you want me on that wall you need me on that wall you you want me on that wall
1: Hey,
2: everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It is February 5th, 2024. It is Monday, so I'm going to go over the Sunday review of the mainstream media starting out with an interview on Face the Nation where Maggie Brennan talked to Kirsten Cinema, senator from Arizona, about the Senate border bill. is a Democratic Trojan horse legalizing illegal immigration. Also going to check in with CBS Sunday Morning Propaganda where one of the segments reported on the border crisis where they fudged all the numbers to make it look less than it really is and to make it look like President Biden will succeed in stemming the flow and the report really wasn't subjective at all it it showed all sorts of images of, of, of babies be um, you know babies at the border mothers with babies at the border when we know the majority of immigrants at the southern border are actually young men. But first I'm going to tear into the Sunday New York Times showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterized the facts to mislead the public. Uh, So let's tear into the Sunday New York Times. Ah! All right. Um... So I'm going to start out with the Sunday New York Times. One of the the stories they had in the Sunday New York Times wasn't on the internet and wasn't even in the PDF on the replica edition, which is basically the PDFs of the newspaper online, and it was even taken out of that. So it might not have been in some printed editions, But I just wanted to show you this story because this is indicative of the New York Times. For the U.S. and Iran, a delicate dance to avoid an all-out war. And then basically the story goes into how the U.S. and Iran, which are at war already, a proxy war and have been in a proxy war in Yemen for some time, are now becoming more directly entangled in all-out war and through proxies, direct or indirect, have become entangled in this conflict because the U.S. and the West, NATO, UK also, are striking at Houthi rebels in, um, in Yemen, who are the majority of Yemenis in Yemen who make up, Um, the majority there, the Shia majority, and are attacking the Sunni minority government, which is supported by the United States and Saudi Arabia. So I'm just gonna move on a little bit into these headlines. U.S. strikes test Iran's will to escalate American airstrikes hit. Iran-linked targets in Syria and Iraq to retaliate for the recent killings of three U.S. soldiers in Jordan. Jordan. Just going to the story, as Iran and the United States assess the damage done by American airstrikes in Syria and Iraq on Friday, the initiative suddenly shifted to Iran and its pending decision whether to respond or to take the hit and de-escalate. The expectation of Washington among its allies is that the Iranians will choose the latter course, seeing no benefit in getting into a shooting war with a far larger power with the risks that it implies, but it's not clear whether the very, pro- very proxied forces that have conducted scores of attacks on American bases and ships and that rely on Iran for money, arms, and intelligence will conclude that that is in their interest also are served by backing off. So Iran, Iran will likely escalate but it was the miscalculation of the Biden administration that they won't escalate and it is actually what the Biden administration wants is to get embroiled in a further conflict in a direct war with Iran because there've been the neo the neoconservatives and the uniparty have been banging the war drums since the days of John McCain bomb 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 Iran and they haven't really gotten to what got, what they wanted yet. So that has been off the table for some time. And like with Trump didn't want to start any new wars, but it's the going down the same pike that Trump refused to go on, which is uh, getting into a direct conflict with Iran. Because if you didn't know who the axis was, it was Syria, Iran, Russia, and now looking more and more friendly uh, to China. So we'll just go on to the other headlines here. House GOP plans to vote on Israel aid as Senate tries to close border deal. The Senate comes as uh, the move comes as the Senate is racing to finalize the vote on the bill that would also include new border policies and funding for the war in Ukraine. That's not necessarily true, and the actual headline in that story because they constantly ch- change the headlines. The House GOP pledges to vote on standalone aid for Israel. Now, they changed the headline and basically the whole gist of the story, which is the, G- the House GOP doesn't want anything to do with a bundled bill. And most Americans don't want a bundled bill either. There's no reason why we can't vote on these things separately. I just want to move to do something here. Just give me a minute so I can figure out what's happening here. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm on streaming live on the broadcast. There's quite a bit of delay, so I just wanted to make sure that that was indeed up. Thanks for bearing with me there. So moving on to uh, some of the other news, fear and uh, ambition propel Xi's nuclear acceleration, China, China's leader build up a nuclear arsenal, stealing for a growing rivalry with the United States. Now China is exploring how to wield its newfound strength. The actual headline in the newspaper was China builds up nuclear arsenal. And the point being behind this um, headline is the New York Times frames it as a growing adversarial relationship with China with America. That the only reason America has a growing adversarial relationship is China's authoritarian, uh, obviously authoritarian communist government. For one, the political ideology is. A direct opposite of what we have here in America, not only that, it is the Chinese that are expanding their, their territorial desire and influence with the Silk Road Initiative, as well as their moves in the South China Sea and their deliberations over Taiwan, so going into this story, 19 days after taking power as Chinese leader, Xi Jinping convened the generals overseeing the country's nuclear missiles and issued a blunt demand. China had to be ready for a possible confrontation with a formidable adversary, he said, signaling that he wanted a more potent nuclear capability to counter the threat. The threat of the United States. What threat does the United States pose to China? China. Not really much, uh, not much threat at all. We're not threatening China. We have some promises and some economic investment in Taiwan where the free democratic Chinese live, which is a, Taiwan is a small island off the mainland uh, communist Chinese state. And we made some promises to um the free Chinese, the democratic Chinese in Taiwan that we would protect them. So that's not really any threat. Um, We're not countering, we don't have a nuclear threat. We haven't threatened the Chinese at all. Um, And that's the big problem there is that we're not threatening the Chinese, the Chinese are threatening us. And also remember that the North Koreans are a client state of the communist Chinese. In China, the the CCP. So the the threats from North Korea are actually threats from China. So it's the North Koreans that are shooting missiles, you know, towards Japan. It's the Chinese that are being aggressive toward Taiwan and in the South China Sea. So the threats aren't coming from the West, but the New York Times, of course, paints it like the Americans are threatening the 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 belligerent. And authoritarian and a communist Chinese in in some way, shape, or form. Moving on to other stories, hottest job in corporate America, the executive in charge of AI. Many fear the artificial intelligence would kill jobs, as it does, but hospitals, insurance companies, and others are creating roles to navigate and harness the disruptive technology. So they even go, go on to admit that it's disruptive, and I'll just finish up here with something Something from uh, the article, we're really trying to foster some of these data and AI capabilities throughout every department, every division, every work group. And you can see what they said there. Obviously, many feared that artificial intelligence would kill jobs, as it's already doing, and the genie's only been out of the bottle for six months. But hospitals, insurance companies, and others are creating roles to navigate and to harness the disruptive te- technology, so they're admitting it's disruptive. But the point is, is that they're getting managers, technicians, if you don't know what a technocracy is, it's not just the technology, it's the technicians, the technocrats that manage the technology that manages you. So we're gonna move on to other headlines here in the political realm. Kamala Harris bolsters Biden for 2024 and lays groundwork for 2028. I had trouble finding this story as well. Stumping for the president ahead of the South Carolina's Democratic primary, Ms. Harris has been working to shore up his vulnerabilities with black voters and younger voters. The actual headline in the newspaper was, Harrison leads Biden's effort to shore up the black vote. Now, they're not talking about why Biden is losing the black vote to whom other than racist Trump. Now, if you haven't seen some of the on the street, man on the street interviews in uh, typically blue strongholds like New York and Chicago, a lot of people in the black community are saying, I'm voting for Trump. So I'm just gonna read a little bit from the article here where you had to scroll down to actually get to the story, the gist of the story. Mr. Biden's lingering vulnerabilities with black voters and young voters and keeping the first woman and first woman of color to serve as vice president at the forefront for the next presidential contest. They're just talking about the vulnerabilities Biden has as being a white man and basically pushing policies democratic policies that um, undermine the sovereignty of the United States and really the sovereignty of the, uh, uh, for the individual rights of people, individual liberties of people, uh, whether you're black, white, or other. And particularly what Trump did is create economic opportunities, especially for urban people of color. Uh, that Biden really hasn't been fulfilling, not only that, but inflation at the rates we've seen are are attacks uh, uh, most bluntly on the lower classes because when food prices go soaring, it, it hurts the poorest the most. So I'm gonna move on to other stories here. Bank of America pledged to stop financing coal. Now it's backtracking the changes come as Republican lawmakers step up efforts to punish businesses that consider climate and the environment in their operations. Actual headline in the newspaper was changed: was Bank of America reverses pledge against fossil fuels. And I believe what happened here was the fact uh, that there's a backlash against ESG. Um particularly on the right, but overall in the majority of voters and that against corporations, as we saw with Bud Light, people pushing DEI, and there've been plenty of stories about DEI is now failing. Uh, All the people like uh, Abraham Kendi that were pushing the 1619 Project, people are becoming hip to the trick with all of these things. And so corporations, especially banks, Um, because I'm pulling out a lot of money out of Bank of America. As you can see, Bank of America is pushing uh, surveillance of their customers as well. And so people are really turning on the system uh, throughout. That's without saying, obviously. So uh, there are not many people. And climate change, of course, is, is lagging in the forefront of a political issue. It was tried to, they tried to push it to the forefront, but it's not there. Uh, and you see this Northern Ireland has Sinn Fein leader, its landmark moment. Again, the actual headline in the newspaper was Nationalist Leader's Appointment marks nor, uh, uh, first for Northern Ireland. The idea of a first minister who supports closer ties with the Republic of Ireland. Ireland let alone from Sinn Féin, a party with historic ties to the Irish Republican Army was once unthinkable. On Saturday, it became a reality. Well, you have to understand if you're not familiar with um, geopolitical goings-on. So Northern Ireland was predominantly Protestant when the rest of Ireland was... Catholic, So the British had always had a firm control over Northern Ireland because it's the closest to the British Isles. And so the British had more control over Ireland. So technically Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom and not part of Ireland itself. So Ireland, which is a sovereign nation, wants Northern Ireland back, and that's what the IRA were, was fighting for, etc. But because its predominant population is Protestant, it has that religious link to the Brits. And so the Brits have had sway over the population because they're Protestant. So the Protestants want the British there to protect their religious liberty, supposedly. And so that's been going on for some time. So now... Northern Ireland has a leader that is nationalist, Irish nationalist. So will this turn out to be a reunification of Ireland? I hope that is so. There's no reason, as long as they vow to protect the Protestant religious rights there, there should be no reason that the British have a governance over there. I'm just gonna read a little bit into the story. The political party she represents, Sinn Féin, was shaped by the decades-long bloody struggle of Irish nationalists in the territory who dreamed of reuniting the Republic of Ireland and undoing the 1921 partition that has kept Northern Ireland under British rule. So there you go. Um, People might have heard of the U2 song, Bloody Sunday. That's what it refers to the British crackdown in Northern Ireland. We're going to go into the opinion pages. First, um, the Republican Party is having an identity crisis. I think this is worth a read for you by Ezra Klein. Um, he's a liberal, but the he does good op-ed pieces, and so it's worth talking about. And I'll just read some. Biden is 81 years old, and he's running for re-election. Trumpism is anything but vanquished indeed, The Democratic Party is no longer looks uh, to be in transition. The squad feels more like a faction than a future. The few think leadership of the party will smoothly pass the president, Vice President Biden. It won't. Polls have long shown Democrats aren't enthusiastic about Biden running for reelection, but he's avoided any serious primary challenges or pressure to drop out. It's like a 60-inch article so I'm not gonna go into the whole thing, but he basically states, as most of us have seen, that the Democratic Party is having a hard time coalescing around anything because you have a radical faction in there that's trying to take reins of uh, the party. So the moderate uh, Democrats are having a hard time. So they're having a hard time coalescing around a decent strategy because they they've basically given up on the working class of America, which was their stronghold. So they're now the party for the liberal elite, uh, in- including the, the corporate elite, the technocracy, Silicon Valley and the like, guys like uh, Bill, Gla- Bill Gates and um, the guy from Apple, uh, Tim. Tim, what's his face? Um, But I want to get through some of these articles because I want to get to the clips and I'm trying not to go more than half an hour here. So let's get into um, some of the other articles. From the opinion pages, uh, Trump has devoured the Republican establishment. That is true. Donald Trump and his allies, this primary will be portrayed as the victory over the Republican establishment with which he has been at odds for years, but although Mr. Trump has routinely positioned himself as a pol- political outsider, which he is, it is clear now more than ever that he's become the polit- the Republican establishment and the party's fate increasingly, inexorably tied to his. Indeed, um, but what they're not saying is, see, the problem is they don't know what the establishment is. They tried to link Trump to the establishment. He's not the establishment. The establishment is corporate corporate's influence over the politics of the United States, money, bureaucratic, uh, administrative state that is unelected and continually uh, perpetuates the agenda. And when upstarts like Trump or outsiders like Trump come in and want to turn over the apple cart, they resist him at every turn, even though he's commander-in-chief and they should... Abide by his uh, um, election and his dictate. I don't want to say dictates, but he is the executive. So to go on, the former president now controls the Republican Party by virtually every conceivable measure. He has commanded. He has a commanding lead in fundraising and polling. His policies are the beacon to which most conservative law- lawmakers orient themselves in affairs both foreign and domestic. His endorsement remains the single most coveted asset that any Republican could hope to brandish in a primary race, and he has already received report- a support from an overwhelming majority of prominent elected Republicans. So there you go. He's in control of the Republican Party. Why? Why? because people of the middle class are um rediscovering the basis of what it means to be an american constitutionalism and like individual rights to liberty and to take back uh the political machine from the corporate uh the corporations the corporatists the uniparty and the elite and the fact is the democratic party has abandoned working class values. Well, they don't like values at all, but they don't like working class values. They try to shove these progressive values and ideals down a middle America's throat and middle America said no. And who came on the scene was Donald Trump who said he'd fight for their, you know, basic traditional, but just leave me alone type of values and so he's been very successful there. Plus, he teamed up with the Freedom Caucus, Tea Party people, who are basically blue-collar constitutionalists, and that's the value America First, MAGA, etc. So we're going to move on to um, some Jamel Bowie, the um, New York Times racist columnist opinion who says if it walks like an insurrection and talks like an insurrection, the real headline was the insurrection briefs in the newspaper. And it goes on to say, (laughs) of course, if it's, if it, I just have to go back to the headline. If it walks like an insurrection and talks like an insurrection, but... While we wait oral argument in Trump versus Anderson, the U.S. Supreme Court case that will evaluate the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to exclude former president from the state's Republican primary ballot, it's worth revisiting the arguments leveled against the Colorado's court decision and by extension, it's interpretation of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which is really about the Civil War and Confederates getting into the federal government. But I'll go on. The first and most important one is the, is the plot to overturn the results of the 2020 election, presidential election, culminating in the January 6th attack on the UN, United States Capitol was not an insurrection, indeed. But I'll go back to say, there was no plot to overturn, there was no plot to overturn the U.S. presidential election. That's not what it was. It was a rally to get lawmakers to investigate the inconsistencies during the US 2020 presidential election that uh inaugurate or was planning to inaugurate Joe Biden when all the data showed that there was some sort of malfeasance going on with all these mail in ballots the stopping of the vote counting then introduction of more ballots Because the problem is when you try to steal an election, they used to just pad the vote, but you have to know how much Trump is getting to beat that number. So once you have all Trump's number, then you can introduce ballots to overturn, they overturned the election to introduce ballots to put them over the top, and you could see all the data showed that. And it was only in swing states where they stopped the vote count, introduced ballots, and then well, we don't know if they were um, valid ballots or not, but they introduced ballots at the last minute to put Joe Biden over the top. That's what the data shows. All right. So they say, he says, if it walks like an insurrection, it talks like an insurrection, but he says the riot, he says the plot, the January 6th attack on the US Capitol was not an insurrection, it wasn't. Related to this is the argument that even if January 6th was an insurrection, which it wasn't, it's still not clear that Donald Trump was an insurrection, insurrectionist, which he wasn't. So just keep that in mind, is that Donald Trump has not been charged, ever charged with insurrection. So the 14th Amendment or the, the clause... Section three of the 14th amendment doesn't, doesn't apply. And it wasn't an insurrection. Nobody said it was, it was, certainly wasn't an armed insurrection. So that doesn't apply. So the Supreme court will probably rule in favor of Trump and most other states who have tried this, their Supreme courts have already, the state Supreme courts haven't upheld it. They've struck it down. It's just, it's ridiculous, whether it's Maine or Illinois or, some other states have tried this. It's just ridiculous. So you can see that all these things mounting up um, are the fact that they don't, you know, they don't amount to insurrection and they don't amount to disqualifying somebody. And it's not democracy. If you disqual- disqualify somebody who has a vast amount of support in the electorate, disqualifying them for what? You know, you're you're... You're looking for stuff to disqualify him for that shows what your motive is. It's not rooted in democracy, certainly. So um, we're gonna take a look at the immigration deal that hangs in the ballast of the US border crisis from CBS Sunday Morning propaganda. I have tried to cut out most of the sad pictures that tug at your heartstrings about women with children at the border, but most of the people that cross the border are adult men. Just look at the data. So um, I believe this is video two. Okay, I think I got the audio straight, although I can't monitor it, so let's uh, see what happens here.
3: (laughs) The nation's number one political firefight, the latest flashpoint over that proposed bipartisan border deal, likely DOA after former president and candidate Donald Trump weighed in. There is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. Meanwhile, the migrants keep coming. Last year, the United States spent more than $36 billion on immigration enforcement, more than for all other federal law enforcement combined. Since the Biden administration took office in 2021, there have been at least 6.3 million migrant encounters at U.S. borders. 2.4 million of those people have been let in, apprehended, then turned loose to wait for their court dates and eligible for work permits after six months, Ah! a big incentive to come. The immigration court backlog is currently 3.3 million, a third of them asylum seekers. Of the asylum cases decided last year, more than eight out of 10 were denials. What We bring a million or more people into the country every year. Two thirds of those people have a relative in the United States. The accusation? That what candidate Joe Biden said in 2019 was a big green light for migrants. What if I told you not everybody wants to solve the problem? By bussing tens of thousands of migrants to already overwhelmed big cities with Democratic mayors, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has riled the likes of New York's Eric Adams. This issue? will destroy New York City. Oh. They cannot work to provide themselves. We have to provide food, shelter,
2: clothing, cleaning, education, health care. That comes with a serious price tag, $12 billion over three years, that's ah. coming out of our city coffers.
3: The framework of the bipartisan border deal. Address the things that serve as magnets in our immigration system. The Roosevelt Hotel, where migrants are processed now in New York City. He
2: understands very well that for his economic conditions, they don't provide asylum. So he will look into other alternative methods.
3: Daniel, like every other migrant in this room, intends to stay no matter what. All right, and there, there
2: you have it. Um, there's the problem at the border Uh, with the United States is having. And and if you haven't been listening in, I just want to reiterate that the UN and and their NGOs, non-governmental organizations like George Soros, are facilitating people's migrant journey. So I think I edited out of the piece though, but they said, oh, they're arriving, they cross all these states, they walk the whole way. They don't walk the whole way. They're buses, they're trains that they get onto, so they're not walking the whole way. Um, regardless, you know, the people coming here, their, their trips are facilitated. There are people that want them to come. Jo- Joe Biden wanted them to come. The Je- Democrats wanted them to come for a variety of different mo- motives. We've let in close to 10 million people into the country already over the past four years, and they want that done for a specific purpose. So I'm also going to go into here. Is I'm going to uh, show a segment uh, from Face the Nation with Kirsten Cinema, who was the independent that um, helped finalize the Senate border bill, which is a, a, a Democratic Trojan horse, allowing the illegal migration to continue, basically. It gives billions of dollars to border security, and as we always said all along, all that money is used to just process migrants and to ship them all over the country. Uh, There was a little talk about, oh, you know, Trump said they're letting in 5 million, excuse me, 5,000 a day, and you could see they addressed that rumor or misinformation but it's actually, that's what they do. They go, oh, the, uh, they have the authority now. They always have the authority to close the border. They have the authority to close the border if and when it gets to 4,000 or 5,000. The border should be closed if there's hundreds crossing the border, if not thousands. So it should be at any point, the, bo- the border should be closed. And then we need to deal with the people that are here, decide of who needs to be deported, who doesn't. And then... You know, illegal immigration should always be closed, but then we could certainly talk about allowing people, uh, asylum seekers, or or maybe to increase the number of illegal immigrants that are allowed into the country uh, each year. So let's see. Is this the one with Kirsten Cinema? Hold on. All right. Uh, we're going to try to go
3: to this video, I think this is the one with Kirsten Cinema. The nation's number one nope. political firefight, the latest flashpoint over that proposed bipartisan border deal, likely DOA, after former president and candidate Donald Trump weighed in. There is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America Meanwhile, the migrants keep coming. Last year, the United
0: The Biden administration does bear some responsibility for this crisis, and they should be held accountable for not implementing existing laws. The crisis on our border is a national security threat. To execute this plan, are you going to need more than the $14 billion that President Biden has asked Congress for? Ah! You will need likely more personnel or funding to, to execute this. How will your plan work? Large numbers of migrants are
1: approaching the border and being processed and kind of released into the country, sometimes with a piece of paper called a notice to appear, where they may see a judge in 5, seven, ten years. No one knows what? if they meet the standard for asylum. For individuals who do not meet that standard, which, by the way, Margaret, is most of the migrants who are coming to our country right now <clears throat> they'll be swiftly returned to their home country and for folks that we can't detain like families for instance what we'll ensure that we're supervising them over the course of just three months and conduct that interview with that new higher standard requiring them to show more proof early on about whether or not they qualify for asylum So so we'll no longer have people just (laughs) entering the country and maybe going to court in the next seven or 10 years.
0: Those who are impoverished, for example, and say they're just coming to America to have a better life, they're in search of the American dream, they won't qualify, right? They will be turned away.
1: (laughs) Right now, individuals who want to come to America just to get a better life or to seek the American dream, to find work, those are what we call economic migrants they are not permitted to enter the country whenever
0: they would like because they currently are exploiting the asylum system. The Biden administration does bear some responsibility for this crisis and they should be held accountable for not implementing existing laws.
1: The administration doesn't have to shut down the border until you get to 5,000 crossers a day. Well, that's not true. What? First of all, our law ends catch and release. Close job! But when too many people approach the border, asking to come in seeking asylum, that the government actually shut down the border if those numbers get to 5,000 a day. What? But we're permitting the government to actually shut down the border when it only gets to 4,000 approaches a day. What? So we what? have enough time to process those asylum claims, Blood whether it's through detention or whether it's through supervision, like for families. Uh- we want enough time for the government to be able to process these asylum claims what? The crisis on our border is a national security threat.
3: Outright treason.
1: Read the legislation. (laughs) Understand how it works. That while the current administration
0: does bear responsibility for mishandling the border. The Biden administration does bear some responsibility for this crisis and they should be held accountable for not implementing existing laws. The crisis on our border is a national security threat. Well,
2: well, there you go.
0: You need me on that wall.
2: Yeah. So the Democratic, well, it's not really the Democrats really control the Senate. So the Democrats, um, the Democrats control the border bill, and it's my state senator Chris Murphy is helping orchestrate the bill with Langford, who we heard about, we heard from last week which was pretty important, what he was saying about the bill. And of course, any legislation is a compromise. I understand that. But what I'm saying is what the Democrats are asking for and what Kirsten Cinema is trying to sell is the fact that this isn't going to stop illegal immigration. It just deals with how we're going to, what we're going to do with all the people that are showing up at the border. So they're going. They say that they're deporting. There's no evidence that any deportation is going on. They're talking about deporting deporting people. I don't see any evidence of, of people being deported. They say this immigration is going to give the this this thing is going to give the tools, um, to people to give the tools to the politicians to um, to decide, you know, what what the politicians are going to do with, you know, tools. Nothing people shouldn't be coming into the border uh, coming over the border illegally and that's just the basis of it so uh, you know th- uh, between points of entry there shouldn't be any crossing whatsoever so allowing people to cross and deciding what to do with them that sort of stuff uh, has to be done away with and this sort of managing it and saying well we'll close down illegal immigration when it reaches 4 or 5000 that's just ridiculous so if the bill allows for uh, allowing Ill- Ill- illegal immigration up to four or 5,000 before you close down the border, that's just ridiculous. And, and I'm gonna leave it there. So nobody should support, nobody in the House, no House Republicans, and Trump was right not to support this treasonous border bill. So I think uh, um, I'm gonna leave it there. And um, I'll see you tomorrow. Sorry if that ran long. I'm still trying to figure out. I'm not getting. I'm not getting um the video audio. I'm not being able to monitor it. I, I think it goes through to the video, and that's what I heard from last week uh, that y'all could hear it, um, and it showed up. I guess it showed up. I mean, the audio track when I'm playing, but I can't, I gotta figure out how to monitor it. I had a workaround, but it's not working now, so I gotta figure out what it is. Um, That's it for me today, Rudy's Revelation. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment, share the podcast, and I'll see you tomorrow.